Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 54 of the Fresher and Parland Show. I am Parlands. And I am Fresher. Welcome, Fresher, to a family fun time of amazing topics and interesting welcome things. Welcome yourself, Parlance. I mean, as in, I'm welcoming you, not like rejecting your welcome. Oh, all right. Welcome yourself, buddy. I, yeah. <laughs> your welcomes to yourself. Yeah, your your take your welcomes and stick them to your stick them up your goodbyes. <laughs> Seriously. Um, so uh, this is a show, and this is our fifty fourth episode. Fifty four. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as uh, Stephen Colbert would say, hey, did this new show start yet? No, September. It's not. It's not. It's not really a new show. It's he's hosting the late night on. I know, yeah. but like, it's gonna be his show. It is I'm gonna be his show. That. I mean, we've talked about it, but I still didn't remember when it was gonna happen. But, man, Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. Yeah. So, uh, not not much of an action-packed week for me. The weather has been really, really, really nice. It was really nice. So I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, I have a pen here to take notes because I'm all about note taking nowadays. It's a good it's a good way to be. I've started, I've been keeping a calendar for the last while, because uh, you know having to work in the show and doing other trips and stuff, I can plan more in the future. Even though I'm not really a future planner, but it's been working out well, just like taking notes. And how is that? How is it working for you? Pretty well. I love sharing uh, Google Calendar events. Like, if I'm going to do something with someone, I'll, like, attach their Gmail address, and then, like, they get notifications for it. That's that's pretty fun to do. That is pretty fun to do, I guess, if you're organized, which I guess I'm becoming more... more... Well, I mean, it's cool, because usually people don't even know that, like, it works that way. So, like, for instance, if you have lunch plans or something, and then you, like, do the Google invite they'll get a notification 15 minutes before lunch, like just on their phone if they have Android. They didn't even know. That's cool. <laughs> so, uh, you know what I did this week? What did you do? Something I have never done in my entire life, and something I have railed upon on this show. Clam? Something I said I would never do, ever, 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 I did it this week. Oh my gosh! Did you uh, wait? Now I just want to guess what it is. Go ahead, guess what it is. What do you think I did? Uh, have you talked about it a lot? Uh, no, I have not talked. Wait, talked about it a lot on the show or in life? Uh, at all, I guess. I've talked about it on the show, but I've I may have talked about it a bit in life, but it's yeah, I've definitely I'm curious, talked about but it. But I also want to guess instead of having you just tell me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll give you a hint. It involves money. Uh, oh, you moved you moved your money or something? I don't remember. No, no. Nope. Just say I'm I'm not gonna be able to guess it. Nope. You invested I, oil. Close. I invested in my coworkers Kickstarter. Oh, nice. Oh yeah, that's right. You're anti Kickstarter. I am anti Kickstarter, but I am pro my friend. That's true. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't get his book. What was his? What What is his book again? You plug well, him. Well, it's. I am plugging him, and I. I didn't say I was going to do this, but I am doing it. So maybe he'll get the fresher and parlance bump. Um, <laughs> Not but, the, the Colbert bump. 
or the kotki.org bump, because I'm actually looking at... Do you ever go to kotki.org? No. Oh, well, apparently he's a, he's a blogger of some importance, and uh, I see uh, I see his, his post here, a sponsored post. Send you the link. So anyway, the book is called... Uh, we should tweet the link. We will tweet the link to the Kickstarter. Oh, to the Kickstarter? Oh, to the... Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Um, but uh, essentially, this is a co-worker. We've worked with him for a number of years, and uh, he has a novel called California 4 O'Clock. Uh, I always talk to him about books and writers and all that stuff, so he finally uh, released his novel, or will be releasing his novel, and... Uh, he launched it last week. He I has a. It's, it's pretty cool hearing about like uh, all of his publishing things and like you know picking book covers and sample books, and like I was kind of inspired that he goes in before work to his uh, studio and like just writes and stuff like that. I always kind of thought I wanted to do that too. Yep, he actually has inspired me to maybe write something. So he gave me a he gave me an assignment that I have to do by the end of the weekend. Ooh, that's pretty cool. What was it? I'll tell you about it. Um, though I'm probably going to get it wrong. He told me to, because I minus didn't... Points. Yeah, it's minus <laughs> points. Essentially, a, it's an Excel file. Yeah. 20 rows. He's making you do his work for him? Yeah, he's like, all right, so what I need you to do is... <laughs> There's this Excel file here. No, it's an Excel file with three rows, okay? Yeah. The first column, uh, and with, I'm sorry, 20 rows, three columns. The first column is a character's name, okay? So a fictional yeah. character's name. Wait, does, is this something you create or that he gave you? No, I'm going to create this. Okay, cool. The second column, so it'll be 20 names, so like Pablo Johnson. You should just start it right now. Pablo Johnson. And then the, the second column is where they live. Palo Alto, California. Palo Alto, California. Yep. And the last one is something that they want. Ooh, that's pretty good. And the third and that column is he really wants an electric bicycle. Cool. So you make a list, essentially. Yeah. Of 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 those things, and it's supposed to help you. Um, devise a like characters in your book. And yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. So uh, I told this. I'm too. Are mine you really better than yours? Well, it's not a competition. I know mine. All of the things that mine are gonna want is like to beat the characters on on Parlance. <laughs> How, how, oh, what was that name? I'm just gonna use Pablo for all of them. <laughs> Pablo. Pablo and his cohorts. Johnson Pablo. You're just going to take my names and inverse them. <laughs> Anti-Pablo. Um, so anyway, uh, he told me to do this. I don't know if he's going to check my work, but he said, he. we were talking about, because I always find the thing about writing a book, or at least being creative, or just being productive, yeah. um, is sometimes difficult to start. And I find that when I think about a novel, and I think about my novel, or any writing Endeavor. Or any task at all. It's always the start that's the hardest part. And we've yeah, talked about sure. this. We talked about this in relation to our show, right? Remember there was the study that said if you get past like a certain amount on these shows, they tend to last for a really long time. 
Yeah, yeah. And he said, um, with his experience, uh, that to be consistent with writing and to be productive at writing, you just yeah. have to write nonstop. So like, yeah, no, it is, yeah, he just writes all. Like that sounds cool, anyways. Like as a journal or a journal or something. Like that's not what it is, but just anything, you know. He said that you know you just do you don't have to like be aggressive, but um, five hundred or a thousand words. There's that website like three hundred words a day. Right. I was gonna um, I like have a, a account there, but that one's kind of cool because you just like basically free write, you know, like whatever like what's that, like brainstorm just like words if you want or like anything just whatever you're feeling that day. And then you can put like what your mood is at that time. But then it like searches the words that you use the most common and like makes like word charts of like maybe what you were feeling like from you know what you described. Interesting. I thought that uh, was maybe I should take a, does that cost money to do that? I think it's free to some extent. I remember it costed money if you didn't sign up by a certain time. It's they're like the first 150 words are free. Yeah, I know. <laughs> then you get charged. But uh, um, yeah, so 300 words a day com is the thing. Wait, no, I think this is different. This is like a Jesus thing. <laughs> but uh, no, anyways, I thought that was cool. Are you sure it's not 750words.com? I'm not sure. Because I don't remember the number. Oh, yeah, that's like the link is already done for me, so it must be that one. So, I think I am going to try this. I'm going to try to write a novel. Yeah, so I'm still working on my autobiography that I've been working on for years. And I'm pretty excited about that because it'll never be done and uh, on purpose. But I need to, I have it like set up. I want to organize it in different ways that I've thought of, like do it person, do it person-based rather than chronological. I hope my chapter's getting bigger. Yeah, well, I mean, I haven't, like, written that much. Like, it was more going to be an interview format, and then uh, it wasn't going to be 100% factual. <laughs> oh, so, so it's not an autobiography at all. It is an autobiography. But it's a fictional autobiography. Well, not necessarily. Like, it's still about my life. But, but fiction. But it's not, like, 100% truthful. Well, I hope my section, because I'm being selfish, is awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course it would be. Like, you would get to you would get to say what's in it too. Like, you could, you know, like it'll be interviews. But it's like a long process. I haven't done, I haven't done that much on it yet. I've just like done outlines and stuff. But it's going to be called Jeremy Fletcher: The Story of Jeremy Fletcher by Jeremy Fletcher. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you just went out of character to give that, by the way. Yeah, that's my that's gonna be my autobiography. Well, um I wanna read it and I would back that. I would back that. Sweet. Um yeah, no, but that's my I mean, I wasn't gonna write so much a novel as uh, just my autobiography. Because I think my life is interesting enough. <laughs> so I think your life is interesting and I feel like I hope I add to your interestingness and I just wanna that's, say I mean we have we have a YouTube show. And you haven't done a YouTube show with anybody else, so nope. Uh, nope. yep. So the um, so yeah, uh, we're gonna tweet out the book. It's called California Four O'clock. The author, 
of this Kickstarter is Martin McClellan, and uh, he's looking to get, I don't know how many backers, but he has 18 days to go, and he's, he's looking to get $10,500, and he already has $6,500. So uh, let's try to get this guy funded. Let's see, yeah. like, you know. I mean, it's, I like the topic. It's like, the book seems pretty cool. Pretty darn cool. Oh, and he has, uh, like, a pretty cool artist doing all of the artwork for each of the chapters and the cover. I thought that was cool, too. All right. I'm a little weirded out right now. What happened? Who? Do you Are know we having Adam... erroneous tweets? No. Adam Lissigore? Do you know who Adam Lissigore is? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. I'm but horrible maybe... with names. <laughs> that name seems really familiar to me. But what about it? I feel like I went to school with Adam Lissigore. I think that you did. Why do I know Adam Lissigore? This is really weird. I'm having a... All right, I, I have to take this We're offline. this live. I know, I know. I have to take this offline because, frankly, it's freaking me out. <laughs> if you uh, are wondering... or. If you guys want to talk about Parlance freaking out, you can also tweet us at, at Fresh and Par on uh, Twitter because we'll talk about it right now. Thoughts and feelings. Holy fuck. <laughs> Epic. I know Adam Lissigore. Did you, did you check Facebook? No. Here's the weirdest thing. Huh. So there's these commercials about um, this guy in a car talking about this... Um, like, I forget the name of it. It's like Quell or... I forget what it's called. Yeah. It's it's essentially like this product where it's a real deal... Um, it's like a an ad for a car... It's like a car website where people are actually... Um, it's like one of those sites where, like, they, they post the price, so you get the real price or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And he's the, he's in that... So this, I've seen this video now a number of times, and yeah. I look at this guy, and I'm like, God damn it, that guy looks so goddamn familiar. <laughs> and I'm like staring at him, and I'm like, he just might have one of those faces or whatever. He might. How did you but come up with the name then from a dude in a commercial? Because I saw Adam Lissigore's name on Martin's thing. Oh, as well as the most brilliant. if you checked. Yeah, I know. Well, he said uh, it says here joint backers like novelist Bruce Semple, Nicole Griffith, and Robin Sloan, inimitable journalists like John Gruber and former books editor at The Stranger, Paul Conta, as well as the most brilliant admin of the internet age, Adam Lissigore. Ah. So I clicked that. We gotta if if you're if you're BFF with him, you gotta get him to like uh, promote our show. Um. I'm confused now because I don't know how I know this guy. I think it was school, but I'm not 100% certain. NYU. So <laughs> I am now going to... That sounds like it's like some sort of BT dubs. Oh, fuck, dude. NYU. A, gr a graduate of NYU's film school. That's totally where you know him from. I totally know Adam Lissagore. I know Adam Lissagore. Adam Lissagore, I know this guy. As a matter of fact, not only do I know this guy... I have a really weird story about this guy. Now that I'm, I'm so catching. Do you know exactly who it is. I know exactly who it is. What's the weird story? 
Are you it's, say- it's, it's mildly perverted, and I'm not going to talk about it. I will take it offline. <laughs> <laughs> we should uh, hashtag Adam Listengore on, uh, on, this, on this week's episode. Uh, I'm sorry. That was a five-minute tangent, and <laughs> I'm blushing now because I can't believe now why I know this guy and why all of a sudden... I don't think you know this. Just imagine when you have two like squares and and harmony is is them converging. You know they're like kind of pushing at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just like, it busts dude, it. I just had, I just had things align in my world, and I am shattered. I am completely, <laughs> I am shattered. Are they are they in town here? I have no idea. I have to, I'm. I, dude, I don't think you understand what just happened in my brain right now. This is like, <laughs> no, I'm not joking. That was a <laughs> moment because I've been stillers on a fresh off the boat. Though. <laughs> <laughs> I've been staring at this guy in this commercial. I've been staring at this guy, and I'm like, I, why do I know this fucking guy? And I was like, I actually did an internet search. Uh, because I thought it was somebody else. Because yeah. I'm like, I, I know this guy. And then I was like, no, that's definitely not the guy. Why do I know this guy? Oh, my God. I can't <laughs> believe what just happened. Okay. So anyway, long story short, um, I was doing a film for a comedian in Delaware called Mike Gleason. This is where I first met Adam. Yeah. And uh, we were both on his crew. And uh, he and I hit it off. And he actually, I believe, though I'm not 100% certain, I took his room, I took Adam's apartment yeah. as my first ever apartment out of NYU. He had a room share, and I took his room in that room share in a Hasidic Jewish apartment complex that actually had two sinks. Oh, yeah? Wait, with, why, is that like a thing? Yeah, because you can't mix things. Oh. So, like, it's all it's all coming into place now. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's bringing up parts of my life that I don't even really remember that well because it was so long ago. But, like, yeah, wow. Okay, well, that's something to talk about with Martin tomorrow. <laughs> so, anyway, back to the show, because I'm sure this is not very fascinating for anybody. I don't know. Uh, it's, pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Realization. Um, I guess. So, you know what else is a realization this week? Reddit online? Thin Mints from the Girl Scouts are vegan. Oh, yeah. Oh, Thin Mints are specifically Girl... I didn't think Thin Mints were Girl Scout. Thin Mints are Girl Scout, and they're vegan. I thought Thin Mints were, like, something else. Oh, I guess, yeah, they are only Girl Scout. Shocking. That's crazy Uh, that they're vegan. Are you thinking of, like, the Andes, like, little chocolates with the mint in the middle? I don't know. I just didn't think that Thin Mints were Girl Scout. Yeah, Thin Mints are uh, are completely Girl Scout yeah, and it's like trademarked. Oh, really? I did. I guess I didn't really know that. It's the only one of their cookies that's trademarked. Really? Yeah, according to their website, because all the other because they have the Thin Mint, the Samosa, or some Samoa. Samoans. It's Samoans. Yeah, and the whatever. Why do they have dumb names? Yeah, I'm not even going to read the rest of these. Anyways, the only one that has a little circle R on it is the Thin Mint. Interesting. Uh, so anyway, picked up a bunch of those. Well, not a bunch. I bought one box of them. 
and they were delicious. That's like the least bunch that you can get. <laughs> I don't even think you can buy more. I mean, less than one box. Well, technically, one box has two bunches of of two sleeves, so technically, it's a bunch. I guess. But anyway, I bought them, and I want to buy more before they stop selling them. I think I have probably like a week left. That's cool. You know what else is vegan? What? Oreos. I know you brought in some, and I had I a couple. At the Target, they had, like, all of the weird flavors, so I bought a bunch of them just to try them out. But I can't eat all those Oreos, so I brought them in to the workplace. So what are the the different varieties? What? What are the different varieties of Oreo? The ones that I got were the Red Velvet, which was all right, and the Lemon, which was my favorite, and then also the White Birthday Cake, which was pretty good, or Golden, I don't know what they called it, but... I like, still my favorite Oreo is the regular birthday cake. That one's super good. But those are the only ones I got. I think they had, like, one other, but I wasn't that interested in it. Oreos, um, though, man. I, so you brought in the red velvet. I had a couple of those, and I think they're pretty good. And yeah. even though it says cream cheese filling, there's no cheese in it. Or cream. Or cream. Yeah. Um, so, so you were working from home a couple days this week because something big was was happening in your house. So why don't you tell I everybody? I got a new heat pump. I'm pretty excited about. So now I have full house air conditioning and heating, that is way more efficient. And I uh, got rid of my dumb oil furnace. So uh, it's going to be way cheaper just using electricity. Because if I ran it all the time. For 24 hours, it would still only cost me $30 a month for the electricity. So why don't you tell me and the audience what a heat pump really is? Because I don't think many people know what a heat pump is. I know. I think, like, yeah, people don't usually get it. But the difference between electric heat and a heat pump, electric heat, like baseboard or if you have centrally electric, it takes super lot of power and would be really expensive to heat your house because it's just using only current to create heat with like elements like in your toaster and like that takes like a lot of power or like your uh your oven but a heat pump is more like a refrigerator where you have one section that's outside and one section that's inside and uh it's the um compressor that's outside but it basically just moves refrigerant between outside and inside so it's moving heat or cold from outside to inside. So it's not actually creating heat or cold, it's just moving it. And the energy that's taken for that is only the com- the compressor. So it's a lot less than like just a heating element. So, so what that, are your... Cool. And then you get both ways too. You get cooling and heating. And so what is the savings? What do you think your savings is going to be? Uh, well, it, the, the actual unit was really expensive. So probably like in like... Overall, including cost of oil, if it stays the same price as it is now, uh, I would be saving maybe like thirty or forty dollars a month or something, because I'm still ha- I have a payment plan, so I I'm paying off the cost of the unit for like the next ten years, which is like the warranty, but it should last, you know, like at least fifteen or twenty years. So then after after ten years, when I pay it off, it would be saving me probably like two hundred dollars a month. Because my oil costs me around $200 a month. But you're saving $30 a month, right, right now, even with the Yeah, thing. including, so, like, paying for the unit. Right, including paying for the unit. So 
even if you're saving thirty dollars a month, the cost of the oh, including paying the unit. Okay, so then so yeah, that's good. And then yeah, you'll yeah, have that's pretty good. Yeah, and if yeah. it's not the thirty dollars, then like pretty much break even. But then I still have um, air conditioning, and I also with my oil, it still costs like two hundred dollars a month, and I didn't use it all summer, and I don't even leave it on very often. I like very uh, cautiously use my heat because it's like costs way a lot. But uh, now I'm just leaving it on, so I'm keeping my house at like slightly warmer, just all the time, and uh, then I get air conditioning. So that's pretty awesome too. So how is the seal in your house? Is it good at keeping and maintaining heat? It's like heat? super bad because I have a way old house. So I mean, that's my next thing to do is uh, I'm gonna insulate my walls, and I have to like just like there's totally gaps in my doors and stuff. I have needed that's like the easiest thing to fix. All right, so you're gonna you're gonna shore that up too. Yeah, I mean, I'll do some stuff, but this is the main one. And also, since I'm getting rid of my oil tank, that's like a buried oil tank, because like everyone in the Northwest like did oil for some reason. It was like a huge boom. But um, it's a liability because like seven out of ten they say of them have leaked since they've been buried, so they have contaminated ground. So if you get a house with an oil tank and there's no oil furnace, you just have to pay for the cleanup. But if you're if you have a functioning oil furnace with an oil tank the state pays for insurance in case there's a leak, and that money for the insurance premiums comes out of your oil bill. So they tack a tax onto the oil bill of you getting oil delivered to your house, and that tax pays for the statewide insurance for oil tank leaking cleanup. But you only get that if you have a functioning oil furnace or 30 days after you decommission your functioning oil furnace. So if I get rid of my oil tank, I get rid of that whole liability, whether it's leaking or not. Interesting. So I'm excited to do that too. So if you have questions about... I know, yeah. Heat pumps. Plus I got, I got like one of the more, more... It's like super quiet and like way efficient. I like It's one of the more expensive ones, but... So if you have questions about heat pumps, you should definitely email Fresher. I think the Pacific Northwest is the ideal location. Am I correct for a heat pump? Like because yeah, because it doesn't get – there's not very much temperature difference. So, like, you're always only changing the temperature a couple degrees, which is when it's most efficient. Because, like, if it's, like, minus 10 degrees outside and you're trying to get the inside to be, like, 60 degrees or 50 degrees, that's, like, a, you know, yeah, like, 50-degree difference, 50 or 60-degree difference in a, or wait, no, I did the math wrong, 70. But a heat pump usually can only do about maybe 30 or 40 degrees difference because it's all about the difference because it's moving from inside to outside. Right. So I don't know, 30, I just made that up, but it's something like that, the 30 or 40. <laughs> so uh, I never heard about a heat pump. I am fascinated by heat pump because not we don't really use our heat that much here. I mean, it is on and stuff, but... yeah. What I am more interested in is actually the uh, the cooling aspect I know, of it. Right? Because it's also more efficient than a regular air conditioner because it's they're more expensive, so they just have, like, more efficiency stuff built in. Like, you can get a super efficient air, uh, air conditioner, too, but, I mean, it's air conditioner is, like, exactly the same thing. It's just missing the heat pump part. So, it, like, right. it only goes the one direction. Got it. And One Direction is your favorite band. Oh. <laughs> um... So but if you have questions, like I said, if you have questions about heat pump, email Fresh and Par, and Fresh yeah. will get back to you about heat pumping. Yeah. I mean, 
well, that I'm is fairly true. knowledgeable, and if you had a question I can't answer, I'd like to find out the answer and then tell you as well. Yeah, and so I know you really, 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 really like the people that put it in your heat pump. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I was pretty pumped. I got it installed by uh, Evergreen uh, Heating or something. Yeah, if you just, it's like evergreenheating.com or Evergreen Energy, but they were super nice. Worst shout out really... ever. You don't even know their name. Huh? You don't even know their name. What, yeah, what it was like... Evergreen. Okay, Evergreen I mean, Energy. That's a thing. I don't know what like the the name of like you know it's like heating or energy or something like that. All right. Well, yeah, it's, it's called it's Evergreen Home Heating and Energy dot com. So I had it totally. <laughs> it's both of them. Okay. So if you need uh, some assistance and you live yeah, in the Pacific Northwest, uh, they do like gas and heat pumps and oil and. I mean, they do just do all energy stuff, but, and they they do like, yeah, I don't know, everything. But they were super nice, and I would totally suggest them. I'm going to write some sort of Yelp review or whatever later. Uh, this is better than a Yelp review. Um, I so, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's it. Okay, I just wanted to, we're going to get back onto the topics of the week. Uh, I just wanted to call out that I finished, I, I finished uh, a new novel this week. How many is that this year? Are That's you on a, track? That is a like great 14? question. I am on track for my fiction reading, but not my non-fiction reading. Yeah, that was your whole thing. I know. So did you I am on tra- that book I let you borrow yet? You never gave it to me, dude. What? You never gave it to me. You said you got too much stuff in your pipeline. I'm not giving it to you. And yeah, you never I, gave I, it to I me. Didn't. I just wanted to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, to answer your question, no. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I read this book. It's called Red Rising. I just actually heard it was optioned for a screenplay. Good good yeah. to this guy. I think it's Pierce Brown. It's a seven-figure deal to get this book. What? Um, Wait, yeah, I, the book costs seven figures? Seven figures to get the rights to the book to make into a movie. Oh, the rights, oh, yeah. So, this one's an interesting topic. So, um, it's about... It's kind of like, uh, so many novels now talk about class systems, and actually this is, I'm bringing this up because it's going to tie into our next topics. Yeah. Um, it's a horrible tie-in if you, like, preface it, and this is the tie-in for the next topic. I didn't say that. It's tie- I said it's, well, so, it, it, that's, what are you talking about? That's not terrible. The same way as you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> is, is that how I talk? And this is the time for the yeah, next topic. Is. That's my, that's my yeah, point. Not so much like, oh, you know. my name is Pilots. <laughs> it's not so much like a topic it's just so more like a bird law yeah so anyway you know it so uh i know you haven't read these but i'll i'll spit them out to you there's a there's a series i read that before you've read you've read hunger games uh yeah you did uh yeah okay so you know in hunger games how they have a like a district one two three four five yeah, the right. districts, like dic- District, yeah, that one. Yeah, and then it, there's a series called, uh, I believe it's called Wool by Hugh How- Howley, Howie. And oh, yeah. that one is a, seri- a, uh, a series where it's in the future and um, there's a class system based on where you live in the silo in this post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. So the lower you are in the floor, the more kind of like blue collar you are, and then the more you are to the top, the more white collar you are, and the more you are in charge of the of all the floors. Yeah, they had that in the foundation novels too. Anything foundation. that like deals with society, usually they do that. Okay, so we have this thing. 
So, hey. You're getting a call? I was getting a call. Is that on, like, a landline? It is on a landline. You have a landline? <laughs> You're like an old person. I know, I know. That's, I think, I think maybe of all the years we've done a show, yeah. that's the second time a call has been made while I've been on the air. That's the second? Because we've only done it for pretty much exactly one year. We've done it for, well, if you're counting time, we've done it for uh, over a year. But if you're counting shows, we've done a year and two weeks. Um, I'm pretty proud to say that I've never owned a landline. Well, that makes me feel sad for you. <laughs> um, garbage. Dude, when I went to NYU my first year, that was part of orientation. They didn't provide campus phones. So you had to sign a contract with 9X, which was you a low... You, well, you didn't have to, but if you wanted to call home... From and your dorm. From your dorm, yeah. And here's yeah, the bullshit thing. And then at the end of the fucking month, you had to, like, put this bill, and everyone in the room had to, like, figure out who they called and do line item shit. That's it was bad. terrible. It was terrible. Um, now they don't do that. But back in, like, the 90s, that's what NYU did. I just wouldn't get the phone. That's dumb. Well, just use your iPhone, duh. Well, there was no iPhone in 1990 <laughs> six. Use your pager. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, because my mom was definitely into paging me at the time. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, there was no, we had no phone, so we had to sign a contract. So, uh, in it, effectively, uh, I've had a home phone pretty much my entire life. I haven't had one since I didn't live at my parents' house anymore. So I've never had one personally. So anyway, back to the book about cast systems. So the book starts out and I'm not going to give too much away but because I do think actually this is one to be read um, where there's a miner and his color skin is dark red and he's uh, quote unquote mining for helium 3 or some sort of element that's undefined. It is defined but I can't remember it. Yeah. And um He's mining for the future terraforming of Earth for, for humans. Yeah. So, so stuff happens, things happen, and essentially he gets put to death. Uh, I don't know if he gets put to death. But yeah, he gets sent to, to, to his death, but people save him and then reveal that humans have actually been extinct for a number of years and they've been murdered by the, the gold class or yeah. the, the top-level cast above ground, and that the terraforming is, has happened for over 300 years, and that the people below ground are actually red-skinned because they are the slaves of the world. But they don't even know it. They don't even know it. They don't even have any clue. So That's above ground... It's like the above, So above ground, there's other colors, like there's pink people who are essentially the prostitutes... There are the, like, bronze... That's just like in uh, Gal Guardians of the Galaxy. There are bronze people, silver people. Each of them have their own specific place in society. People are good at math, people are good at so science. Is this people... is the beginning of the book that they find this out, and so later you see all of these races? So this is like the first... I would say the first 100 pages, or not even, maybe the first, like, 70 pages are about him being a minor. And yeah. then the next, like, 600 or 700 pages are him being, there's a, essentially a group, a terrorist group called the something of Ares, yeah. and they transform him into a gold, which is the upper class. Yeah. 
They take this kid from who is dark red, turn him into a gold, and then send him to the gold academy. Yeah. Where the golds get trained to be part of the elite. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the book is about him training in a quote-unquote Hunger Games-style uh, academy. Was it more about... Was it, like, supposed to be that all the people are the same, even if their color was different, like, what they were born or something? No. So the stated objective of him being in the games was yeah. to... Because there was no way for the, the reds or the pinks or the silvers or the golds to overtake the golds. Yeah. So he had to defeat them from within. So he had to rise to prominence or essentially come out of the school to get to get either a military or to get people to follow him so that yeah. he could so he could eventually wage war from the inside against the ruling class. Huh. And the whole point of the first book, which is called Red Rising, he's red skinned, rising. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, rising to the top. Is it a series? It, well, the second book is out, and I forget what it's called. Golden Sun or something, Golden Child or something. Yeah. So, um, essentially, the whole book is about the academy that he goes into pre- pretending to be a gold 17-year-old or 18-year-old. And he was unique. He was, like, he was one of the best, like, drillers or lead drillers. He was only 16 or 17. Yeah. Um... And so he was the perfect age to get into the academy um, after they transformed his body through grafting and whatever they call it, I forget. Contortion. Color grafts. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, it's super interesting. Definitely worth reading. It's kind of, it definitely has a Hunger Games feel to it, but I think it's a little bit better. That's cool. So... Now that we've talked about cast systems, have you seen the story about you know we've talked about this before, but you know the the uh, wealth the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the, the wealth disparity yeah essentially the inequality between the rich and the poor it, it, it's not it's not just in the United States yeah it's like just everywhere it's getting worse it's, yeah so there's been a number of studies about the wealth gap between the upper middle and uh, middle incomes. Rent, wealth inequality, yeah. essentially, yeah, that's what they call it, the word I was looking for. Um, well, I saw a couple of stories this week about, you know, wealth gaps and all that stuff, and essentially Pew Research had a story that came out in December, and it was, um, so they, they essentially said, here's, there's a chart, it says wealth gap between upper and middle income households at record high. Uh, medium net worth of upper income families is blank greater than the middle income family, okay? Yeah. And in, tw- in 2013, the medium net worth of an upper income family was 6.6 times greater than a middle income family. And when was is, that? In 2013. Oh, 13, yeah. Well, it was a 2014 study, but, you know, they have to look back on they 2013. They have to look at past data. Yeah. And it's the highest since, like, that this has been tracked, which was back in 1983. In 1983, it was only 3.4 times greater. Now it's literally almost double that. Well, I wonder what about 2000? And just so you know, the medium wealth of the nation's upper-income families, do you want to know what that is? Yes. Just take is a guess. Is it worth or income? Uh, median wealth. wealth. So that's, like, uh, 
assets or whatever? That's my guess. That is that it's, yeah, that's my guess. So what is it? $639,000. That is a lot. The that's middle. Median. That's the median. Middle is that in- for everybody or for just the high or whatever? Just the high, the upper, the upper income families. I wonder the, how much of the low changes it. Well, I don't know, but I will say, well, it's a median, so a median um, is not a mean, so, you know, they kind of like chop, 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 chop till they get to the middle. Yeah. Um, it's not like an average. But the median wealth of a middle income family is only $96,500. Oh, it's, yeah. the, it's the widest gap seen in 30 years. So, I mean, I and think, that's when they started the thing. Right. So it's clear to me, like, why that's what that's when they started exactly. So, I mean, I think I understand this. I don't even need to read this. Blue collar jobs are getting destroyed. Yeah. Unions. Unions are getting busted. I know that's so dumb that unions are getting like taken down. Well, do you know Scott Walker, who's running for president uh, on the Republican side, is like he just signed a Right to Work Act, which is essentially a union busting bill, and he's like proud of that. Wait, they already have the Republican candidates? No, he's running. Informally, he's running for president. Oh, informally, yeah. Yeah, and he... Well, they have these caucuses in Iowa and stuff. Yeah. Straw polls, and there's, like, CPAC, which is, like, a, you know, a, a very conservative kind of uh, precursor to who's going to be running for president, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, he was there and. He spoke. Jeb Bush spoke. These are people from the Republican ticket who would probably be running. It's like him, uh, the former governor of Texas, uh, Jeb Bush, Scott Walker, uh, Rand Paul, mm, Scott Rubio. Um, these are all like people who will probably be running for for president. Hmm. But anyways, so like yeah. I say Scott Rubio. It's not Scott Rubio. I forget Rubio's. But it's the blue collar jobs. Are getting anyway, blue collar. It's Marco Rubio. I shouldn't have said Scott Rubio. It's Marco Rubio. Um, but anyway, Marco, blue collar like jobs. Marco Polo. <laughs> Marco Polo is not running for president, but he is running in the running for best pool games in the backyard. The uh, the. Could you play um, Marco Polo in a kiddie pool? I don't think you could. You would have to be like the size of a of a uh, a little. Do you remember the littles? No. Oh, maybe that's maybe that's before your time. But yeah, you'd have to be pretty small, I assume, from that they're called the littles. Right, or the or fish, or the Smurfs. Oh, Smurfs! Yeah, I can see that. Could you imagine if um? Unless it's a Smurf kiddie pool. Oh yeah, and then and then it's like then forget just it. Rude. Yeah, but the thing is, if you remember the Smurf kiddie pool, like Smurfs were the Smurf kids were not that small. Yeah, remember? that's true. They were. They were, yeah. like, only half the size of a regular Smurf. They were, like, three-fourths the size. And they were brought by the stork. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> they were totally brought by the stork. Did you ever uh, see the Smurfs movie? I ha- with uh, Neil Patrick Harris? I haven't. I, I kind of want to see the Smurf movie. I think I have it in 3D. I just never watched it. I uh, don't have much of an interest in watching it. I- I'll watch it if it was given to me in 3D by a friend. <laughs> I'm going to let you borrow it. All right, all right. On your so, new 3D TV. I know. So anyway, as I was saying, regarding this wealth disparity or uh, wealth gap between... Wealth disparity, up- as some might call it. 
Um, I saw this story, and it's freaking crazy. Uh, let me see if I can find it here, because I want to get the... Uh, maybe I don't have it anymore. Oh, here it is, for, for richer or poorer. So they were talking about, in the future, looking yes. ahead that uh, China is going to create and build out infrastructure in the, de- in the developing world. Yeah. Okay? So now if we think about, like, global D- GDP, right, the GDP of the globe, like, global domestic product, not just, like, our own domestic product, like U.S., but yeah. global domestic product of the world is currently about $106 trillion, which yeah. nets, nets out to about $15,000 per person in, if in, the to, in the world. They are saying, like, within the next, like, t- like, 20, 30, so 15 years. Yeah, which is super short. Not too long from now, the world economy will actually grow from, like, 108 trillion to 307 trillion dollars in 25 years. Yeah. Or 50, actually, in this case, it's 25 years, what they're talking about. Which would be the average per capita wealth per person in the world, assuming a 10 billion person population, yeah. would actually be $100,000. Yeah, that's like a huge difference. It's a huge difference. Like, even considering, like, whatever inflation or what, I mean, still, the money, that, that's about value, not so much about the worth of the money. So, well, here's the thing. They were talking about if we were to, like, look at the ten times kind of thing and yeah. putting it into perspective. So from 2014, right, to get ba- to go back just a little bit, we would have to go all the way back to, like, 1850. Oh, to, to have the same difference in... Yeah, to have, like, the same difference in, in value. It sounds kind of like the AI conversation... This is my point, and that's what I'm going to get into. So I'm glad you brought that up, Fresher. You're getting to my point. You're actually getting to the thought I made, because these were three separate articles that I saw over this week, Yeah. and it just got me thinking. Um, it's because, like things are just changing faster than they ever have before. Yeah, so I'm thinking what's going to happen here is that we're going to see, first off, a greater disparity between the top and the middle and the low. Because, and get ready for it, robots are coming. Oh, yeah. I know. So my point is this, is that in 2040, there's going to be, because I just saw this thing, and I I think you mentioned it, robots are going to take over 47% of all jobs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I saw that article that, like, they were saying, because, like, a lot of them, like, they're just getting so much better at so many things. Like, considering drivers, driverless cars are almost here, that would basically put taxi drivers out of the job. Uh, and, like, people... if, if, like, if a robot is able to do that complex of a task, like, there's a lot of, like, menial jobs that, like, robots could do. Um, they said that uh, reporters, like, breaking news reporters, um, construction workers... Agriculture, truck drivers, forklift drivers, uh, deliveries. Like, it's pretty much uh, essentially... It's like the only job you're going to have left is taking care of the robots. 
<laughs> that's what I was going to get at. Or, like, management of not, like, boutique human-only stores. Yeah. But, like, the the majority of jobs that just, like, any old person could get, like, would mostly be taken over. Right. So, if you have a child right now, if you have, like, a kid that's, like, six years old, four years old, three years old, the opportunity for them to be a teacher, not looking good. The opportunity for them to be a forklift driver, a UPS driver, an auto mechanic, I can't even begin to start listing. Auto mechanic, I think, still would be relevant. You think? You don't think, think there's going to be... Mechanical systems would be relevant. Here, do you think an auto mechanic... Like at the one, the one. I mean, we it's know not from... like the ideal job in general. Like, if like you're like, I want to be an auto mechanic, but I mean, it would still be relevant. Okay, so let's get rid of auto mechanics. My point is this: is that 47% of jobs that exist today will be gone because of robots. Yeah, so, totally. So to, I know that's crazy. To future-proof yourself and your child, you need to learn something that won't be done by robots. Yeah, I mean, we'll just like basically like, thinking or creating things, because that's supposedly what they're not that good at. Right. Well, that's the thing, is that there's this concept now, is that what happens when 47% of the population is... is Because we're not going to magically grow 47% of the population. We're not going to grow jobs that grow to that point. Yeah. I mean, you it's going to have to be an overall change. Like, there's going to just have to be some sort of shift in, like, the way that things work, because, like... Like, it's going to, it would, yeah, I don't know. It'd have to be more, sort like, we have to place value on new things, basically, I think. Right. I think art, creation, things of that nature will become more important. I think we're going to need more socialization from our government. We're going to need minimum income. Not minimum wage, minimum income. Yeah, we're, which we're is gonna, also more, like, more reasonable to do anyways. Right, we're going to need we're going to need to need medicine, free medicine, dude. There's going to be like doctor, like robot doctors. There's going to be robot. Yeah. This is my point, people. This shift is coming, whether you like it or not. And if you're either going to be with the haves or you're going to be with the have-nots, this disparity is only going to grow because the people with the money are only going to get richer, and the people who don't have a skill and don't have a, a marketable opportunity to get a job that fits with this new economy is going to be left in the dust. Well, I and mean, if, I don't think it's quite as clear-cut as you're making out to be, because I think that it will be, like... I mean, to be successful at all, like, in the long run, even, like, a 50-year type timeline, if it was, like, that far of a difference in how economy and how, like, markets work, It'll have to be an overall shift, and it's not necessarily that just richer people are going to get rich and poor people will get poor, because they still need people, like... I mean, it just it's going to be something that I don't even know... I can't predict what it would be, but I don't think that necessarily you'd just be overall screwed, unless the whole world is screwed. And in that case, it wouldn't make much difference. I will say this. Outsourcing to foreign countries yeah. is no longer going to be a thing. Because we, oh, don't, yeah. we, we won't need to ship... Or let me let me get let me say this properly. I mean, you could because that's still cheaper. It won't be cheaper. In it the, won't be, but it could. That's be. my point. In the future, when robots are essentially building sneakers and and putting together phones and putting together clothing and sewing clothing together, 
there's no longer a need, and there's no longer a need to outsource to cheap labor in China, Malaysia, Vietnam, Mexico. No, but I think that I think that's not super. I mean, oh, first of all, first of all, I think that that's like really linear way to think about it. Like I was saying before, things will just completely change, and like that will be irrelevant somehow. That I don't know how it would work. But besides that, just the cost of robots, not from a um, not from a like uh, maintenance type view, but just like of a like having it be able to be as productive as just like a hundred Chinese people that get paid like nothing. Like those hundred Chinese people, like but that would make the disparity even worse is like if it went that direction. But people are still super cheap compared to robots. Even in the future, I think people will still be super cheap compared to robots. I'm not so sure about that because you're not baking in the cost of getting the supplies to that facility. You're not baking in the supply the cost of getting those end goal products back over to the I mean, US the, or the only cost will be like human rights stuff. I mean which is already now. But I mean it's basically like if it was totally just like a cost basis, like it would and there's already like a huge wealth disparity, people will care less about like the super poor people because that's like usually how that works. I mean just like if it's this whole like linear thing like you're talking about where it's like super rich people and super poor people then like the super poor people would be cheaper than the robots. I'm not saying that because I think what here's what I'm saying. We've witnessed now, okay, in the United States, we are in a post-manufacture society of the United States. We are best at creating ideas, being ideated ideation and uh, like entrepreneurship. Ideation. Huh? Uh, that's a good word, ideation. Ideation and entrepreneurship. Right now, that is what's fueling the economy of the U.S. Yes, we have legacy things. We have Coca-Cola, McDonald's. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, but, like Apple is a good example because all their stuff's made in China, but, but it says, like, you know, made in California or, like, whatever, product of California. Right, so hear me out on this one. and Let me explain and let me try to connect the dots of what I'm, I'm saying because I know you're contradicting me a little bit, and I just want to be clear on what I'm saying. We in the United States have experienced and outsourcing of manufacturing jobs out of the U.S., whereas after post-World War II, we had manufacturing jobs, not only in the, uh, like manufactured goods like clothing, jeans, but also things like manufacturing of cars, etc., right? My, and, and to my point is that over the last decade or so, these jobs have been sort of outsourced. I shouldn't say decade, 20 years, 30 years, have yeah. been slowly leaving. First it was Mexico. Then Mexico became too expensive. Then it went to China. Then China was too expensive. Or Vietnam. And then it got Vietnam was too expensive. Then it went to China. My point is that it's not just going to be the – because that money and the money that we're paying, even though it's extremely low wages, okay, Yeah. it is – it's still putting money in the pockets of the lower class of the Chinese, okay? Yeah. What I'm saying is that, like America, where we've kind of torn off the bottom half of, like, manufacturing jobs and, and then we're ripping out labor unions and we're ripping out all these things, that same thing is going to happen in China because not only are American companies going to say, hey, I don't know if we necessarily have to build these things and use these things in, in China – because we could do it here, but the Chinese people, the, the Chinese country and the things that are being manufactured manufactured in China for the Chinese and the customers that the Chinese serve will no longer need Chinese employees 
because they could yeah. use robots. So that's cutting off their bottom half, their lower half. So what we're, what I'm saying is that it's not a U.S. thing. It's a global thing. Yeah. It's, no, but, it, I mean, that's still to my same other point that, like, it really only has to do with, like, uh, I mean, the direction that I see it going from your story or your, like, projection is that, like, the worth of people will be lower. Like, the only way that robots would take over is if all the people rise, and so people are worth more than robots. But in this thing that you're talking about, robots are valuable because they do the work, and they cost money to build, and they take resources. And I think that people, when people don't care, like, they just basically be, like, work slaves and stuff, which is kind of how it is now, and that's really cheap. That's, like, basically free, because you just have the people take care of themselves and give them, like, the very minimum to do whatever. And, like, that's easier than having robots. Here's my point. I don't think it is easier than having robots. You have to take care of your employees. You have to pay for your employees. You have to... That's what my point. About? Like, unless there's human rights stuff, which is why we go to these other countries, that you don't have to do that stuff. No, it's... I don't think it's human... I, I don't think it's human... I, I, I do that's think... like that with it, all of the labor, labor camps that are not, like, you know, like slave labor and, the, like, kids working in whatever, like, all that stuff. Like, they, like, put it in those places because that's super cheap and it's basically free. So you're telling me that if a robot costs $100 a day and a human costs $99 a day, they will use the human? Yeah, I mean, if they're looking that much at margins. I mean, like, considering, like, you could get... If the robot produces more per robot, but people are cheaper, you could just get 100 people to do... Like make a, a a line of that. I mean, people are pretty cheap when you don't care about them. <laughs> and like, right. I just feel right. like that unless you had that bottom also go up, as long as the bottom keeps dropping, people will care about those bottom people less. Well, what's interesting you say that, dude, is because I think we're both saying the same thing: is that people in the end are getting shit on, whether that's yeah. now or later. People at the bottom end of this thing are going to continue to get shit on. And if it sounds like, I think you're even, by what you're saying, you're even furthering my point, is that people are going to get shit on because their wages are going to get even lower because they're going to have to compete against robots. So there's still going to be a divide between the lower half and the topper half. The oh, yeah, half. definitely. But it's, like, yeah. worse. Because I don't think that robots will be replacing, like, they'll be replacing the higher-up jobs, not the very low jobs. And then the very low people will just basically have nothing to do, and so they'll just do it for free just to have something, and then that is going to be cheaper. No one is going to work for free. That's a given. People well, no, I work... mean, like, but not free, but, like, like this, it already, like, that stuff happens. I mean, like, just, like, slave labor and stuff. Slave, here's the thing. Slave labor... Because if they don't like... care about it, then it's cheaper. Like, people are going to have to, like, care about it, and if there's that many super rich people, I think they're going to care less about the low people. Otherwise, there would be no low people because the wealth can easily be shared. So that's why I'm saying there'd have to be a new realization in this whole thing, which that's the direction I think it would go, is that there wouldn't, it's not going to be linear in this like, circumstance that you're saying. There's going to be some shift, or like, and then they're just going to like, help all the poor people or something. What are you talking about? That's what I that. led with, dude. I led with the shift. I led with the minimum income, and I no, led... No, you led with that's what would have to happen. Yeah, because what we're seeing is, and I agree with you, I agree with you. There needs to be a change. And by the way, I don't think this needs to wait 30 years. I think no, this yeah. needs to happen now. 
This is not something that we need to wait 30 years before robots can start building cars better than a human can build cars. I mean, and I don't fr- think it's going to happen until, like, more people are upset about it. Like, because right now, like, they're just... Like, a lot of people are, are like, in crappy situations, but it's, like, not enough that are loud or whatever. You know no what I mean? one cares. That's the point. No one cares. We're sitting here, we're talking about this stuff, but people just very... They just don't care. They don't care about this lower class. As a matter of fact, the Republicans, when they talk about these things, they refer to welfare as an entitlement. They don't refer to it as helping these people. They refer to, like, Medicare as an entitlement. These aren't entitlements. I'm not entitled. But then it has to be enough that, like, those – there'd have to be more people on welfare for it to make, you know, they'd have to get a a voting power or whatever. No, but that's that's, how it works. It's not how it works because poor people don't vote. They, no one votes. And then the way we have a – this system is broken, and the way that they gerrymander districts – Oh, it's yeah, a, yeah, I know, it, right? It's, it's a completely broken system. It's a completely broken system, but Check what's going to – Checks and balances. Checks and balances don't work. They don't work. <laughs> they don't work. They don't work. And, uh, you know, I, I feel as though that the Founding Fathers, though, had plenty of great things in mind – for this democracy and for this this union, but it's imperfect. And unfortunately, the direction we've gone and the future I see, it seems that we're going to have, and I think we've already begun this, is some a lot of strife. A lot of strife at the bottom, some rolling good times for the top, and unfortunately at the top, because of the way the political system works and with Citizens United and the way that uh, corporations are treated as people, I know, that's um, crazy too. Right? I think we're in a system right now where the little, the people at the bottom don't have a voice. They don't have a voice. And they're getting screwed. <laughs> like they're the get, they don't have a voice. They don't have a voice. Yeah, they're screwed. Classic, they're classic screwed. Brilliant. I mean, yeah. in a good way, but, you know, it's classic. Yeah. So I guess my point through all of this is that change really is difficult. And... And we need to begin this process now. The writing is on the wall. It is so plain to see that there is going to be a massive shift in the way things are being made and the way things will be done that we need to get ahead of this. And, and by the way, this exists with climate change. This exists with yeah. everything. No, like, I think it's, I mean, exciting in that, like, it could be super bad or super good, but I mean, like, we're in a time of change. Like you were saying, everything changes like in ten years or five years. We're like doubling everything that we do. So, I don't know what's going to happen, but it'll be interesting to see. Right. <laughs> I'm not and, one to like try to predict. It could go oh, either way. I don't, I don't mind predicting because, like, if, you know, Fresh and Parlance episode 555, I could go back and be like, remember 54, dude? Remember when I said that? I know. But, um, <laughs> and then I'm going to be like, I was arguing with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, look, this seems to be a little bit... We've talked about some pretty heavy topics on the show, and we've talked about a lot of only light a topics. Couple, actually. Yeah, probably only a couple. But um, this one really bothers me, and I really I see it as... It's, it, it's a pain point, um, and it's... They always talk about the inconvenient truth. Right, like oh, yeah, Al, yeah. you know, like the inconvenient truth that Al Gore had with his documentary regarding, you know, uh, climate change, um, or at that time called global warming. And I think the best thing that we 
we knew this, is that, you know, they say the frog in the boiling water, you know, like you throw a frog in the boiling water, he's going to jump out immediately. Yeah. But if you keep a frog in the water, and then you turn up the heat and you get the water boiling, it'll just sit there until it boils to death. Yeah. We are in a, we are at a, we are in some tepid water with a massive flame underneath us. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's, and, I like that analogy. And we need to really get ahead of this because there is going to be 47% of jobs out there being taken over by some sort of mechanized system, whether it be a smart robot or just one that's very good at doing Or uh, nanobots, dude. Or nanobots. Seriously, we need to get on... We need to get on top of this because, and I think you know what Obama came I mean, out. I think that really the only, uh, really the only thing that can help that's like a direct thing, like not political or whatever, is like a better education. I well, mean, that's what I'm like, saying. There's more things that you need to learn now. Like, so there was something I saw, and again, this always is like it's almost like you laugh, but there was this like new tech initiative that Obama came out with. It's like. There's people out there who don't have a job. Let's create this training system where we could train them in tech, in in being more tech savvy and learning computer languages and being more essentially yeah. like, uh, do you remember like you know shop or like uh, vocational tech, like a tech institute, like Votech yeah, yeah. or whatever. I teach tech. Yeah, these 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 places where you learn how to be, you know. But those are like, crazy that they're for profit like education places. Well, look, I guess my point is this, is that there is potentially a possibility here to shift money into programs that take these essentially blue-collar workers who no longer have a job in, in building cars or doing the things that essentially have been outsourced or no longer is necessary because it's mechanized, you know, and you have but a I reduction. More important than that yeah? is, like, for kids. Well, I don't that... think, like, re like, reappropriating people who have done another job into a tech job is going to work very well at all. So here's my point. Then what do you do with those people? I know. I don't know. Like, I don't have solutions. But I'm just saying in general, I think that, like, education for kids is the main thing. That Like, that's the only sure thing out of, like, because I don't know what's going to happen at all. But that's the only thing that I could get behind that I'm 100% sure would make a difference. And also, just so you know, people, um... Women are underserved in technology. So we're going there too? <laughs> well, I mean, we should talk about it because this is about children. Yeah. Don't give your children Barbies if they want to play with Legos. Oh, I mean, okay. just, yeah, if they want to, yeah. Right. Don't force gender-specific things that have historically been, uh, you know, aligned with femininity because that's what you assume they want. Okay. Let's let's get the let's get people and let's get these children, whether male or female, girl or boy, interested in sciences and technology. I like the I like the reiteration part of it too. It makes it sound super, like speechy. Let's get these uh, male and female, girl or boy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm treating this as a platform for me running for the Senate. Okay. Right. So. You, you got to list like three other ways to say everything that you say. Yeah, I'm. I'm Let's get these childrens, these younglings, <laughs> these uh, prodigies, girl or boy, man yeah. or woman. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna or male. I'm gonna use this show as a platform to get elected, and I'm gonna make change. I'm gonna. In, I'm gonna. 
I think if he did that, we'd need to get better at doing graphics. Because he needs some graphics up in the, like, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Jesse the Body made, he got, he became governor of Minnesota because he had a radio show. That's cool. We could do it. We could do it. I don't think I want to run for any sort of, well, maybe something, but definitely not uh, president. City manager. I think city manager is actually a pretty good job. So anyway, uh, uh, I think it's time. I think it's time. I'm sorry we, we kind of oh, went yeah, off I on a... I think maybe we should save it. What? The review? Like quarter after. It is? Yeah. Oh my god. All right. <laughs> I didn't realize that we went that long. It was that stupid Adam Lissabord thing. Because were saying all these words over again. Oh my <laughs> Probably god. Probably half of your speech was repeated words of different ways to say it. <laughs> You're so mean. You're so mean. You made a point though. I'm just uh, I mean, I'm just like, you know, I got to I got to be the other side. I'm not just going to be like, you know, amen. You say it. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. I don't have enough backup stuff. But I'm here's the thing. Backup rapper. Here's the uh, 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 uh. <laughs> You're not the the hype man. You're not my hype man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you agree with me. I think you do agree with me on a lot of basic concepts here. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, but I'm just... Yeah, there's nothing that I completely disagree with you on. I'm just stating it in a different view because I don't have a strong opinion about what is going to happen. But it sounded like you were pointing out some exact things that were going to happen. And I think it's overall going to be different than that. But I don't know what it's going to be. I, I think I'm taking the worst case here. Yeah, and 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 preparing for the worst case, and then because I think it's naive to say everything's going to be okay. Yeah, uh, that's and, why I said it's going to change for better or worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, yeah, no, it could be completely horrible. I mean, we could get like some sort of random nuclear attack tomorrow, just for a totally like no reason. I mean, anything could happen. Now, now you're just being now you're just being negative. Yeah, no, I'm, I was going the extreme way of like how you know, like that that could happen and it would basically end the whole world pretty much. Or, oh, I was going to mention too on here that also, uh, similar to the world ending, the CERN, uh, CERN reactor is opening back up uh, early next month, or end of, the end of next month. They're powering it back up to double its old. Uh, power, so it's going to be the most powerful uh, particle collider in history. So something weird could happen. We're looking for other stuff besides the Higgs boson. They don't even know what it's going to be, but we could create some sort of energy thing that could end the you know universe for some reason. Don't know. Jeez. I think that Stephen Hawking was talking about that. That's a possibility. I really, I really hope it's not the end. I really hope it's not the end. I know. Me and too. I... But I'm just saying that's another. Uh, catastrophe type situation that is not completely impossible. What's that called? The Fermi paradox or whatever? I don't know. What's what I don't know. Yeah, that. I think that's the Fermi paradox. The uh the the concept of the like the contradiction between the estimates of a probability of the existence of extraterrestrial civilizations and technological innovation or whatever. Or whatever. I like don't know. The, I, the Fermi paradox? Yeah, look it up. Essentially the idea is that have we, you know, because the probability of there being extraterrestrial life in the known universe um, is rather high, but yet we've had no contact with any 
extra, yeah. you know, oh, extraterrestrials, yeah. and there's been planets that have existed and solar systems that have existed for billions of years before the Earth. And there's, they call it the great filter or the filter effect, where what, what is the thing that, that prohibits um, species from getting to the point where they, uh, they could get past uh, some sort of evolutionary thing in technological sense that will um, allow you to get to the point where you could start exploring space, yeah. right? And we know that the biological organisms, like just human, yeah. like Wait, but I mean, it's, I feel like this is like. So where are you going with this? That's really long. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get what it is now. I don't, I don't even remember what you were saying, but I was just going exactly. off on, yeah, exactly. yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, <laughs> jerk. I'm just anyway. I'm just so I mean, the main point was that if we could blow up the universe with the CERN, you know, Large Hadron Collider. Oh, yes, that's what I was going like, at. Someone yes. else probably would have done it if there were other civilizations anywhere in our past time. Thank you. No, it's not, even, point, so, right? it's not even in our past time, but like... Just the, ever existed, ever in the existence of everything. Yes. Like, if it were doable, it probably would have already happened. That's correct. So, yeah. That is correct. I mean, that's still more likely than... Uh, or, like, if there was someone that was just watching us, they'd step in and stop us. If, like, that was the other thing about the nuclear. People, like, in uh, sci-fi stuff, they always say, like, you know, they hadn't quite controlled their nuclear stuff. We didn't know if they were going to destroy themselves or, you know, be part of, like, the, the space civilization or something. So once they get past that, maybe they'd talk to us. Maybe, like... That, right? Well, I've seen um, Star Trek uh, Generations... And yeah. the Vulcans made contact after we did faster than light like, travel, or did some sort oh, yeah, of like yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah it's a, essentially the similar concept. Yeah, but it's not impossible though. It's not, not impossible. Could figure uh, stuff out. So, are you functioning okay with one hour sleep? Apparently, I'm one hour less sleep. But apparently, I'm not. I'm going off on rants. I'm repeating myself. With the, uh, <laughs> it's in a good way. It's in a good way. Yeah. You're passionate. That's what it is. I'm less passionate and just pointing out the flaws in your passion. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we have a show. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I've been doing okay without the one hour of sleep. I've been trying to get up earlier, actually, which is two hours, which is difficult. But that is, that's that cool. is difficult, yeah. Because while I was doing my heat pump install thing, they were getting here at 8 a.m., so I was trying to get up at 7.30, but that was directly after the hour switchback, so it was actually 6.30. I'm a big fan of daylight savings time. Yeah. I am not a big fan of losing the hour. So I oh, think we should. That's true. I was going to also say that I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I think today might be the spring equinox. No, it's the 22nd, I believe. 2015. Is it the 22nd? So it's next week? Oh, it's March 20th. Well, Wait, no, that's wrong. That's the first day of spring. Oh yeah, they know. Yeah, it's March twentieth. The first day of spring is the spring is the equinox. Yeah, I didn't know it was correlated or whatever. I thought but, it was the twenty second, but I guess it's the twentieth. But that's cool. That's a thing. Oh, I was also gonna mention, like, since so I think that we're going to skip the review roulette for this week, even though we watched the movie, but that gives everyone else a chance to watch the movie again, which is Cross Worlds. It was a uh, it was meh. But I think it was worth watching. Way to, way to sell it. Way to convince the audience to watch it. 
Like, yeah. I like the premise a lot, but it was a horrible execution. <laughs> I was thinking that they could take that movie and turn it into a really awesome... Um, a really awesome TV show now by yeah. making by making the like that guy's old now. Yeah. Have him die and then have his kid take over. Yeah, no, I mean it was a pretty good premise for a story. They just really poorly executed it. Oh, it's terrible. It was terrible. But uh, let's see, what other, what other stuff did we have going on here before before we let you guys off the hook, let you go? I was going to mention oh yeah, the new MacBooks came out. They're alright, I guess. New USB-C, I guess that's cool. I mean, but apparently the new Android phones are going to use that too, so that's cool. New, what new about what about the uh, what about the uh, the new Star Wars movie? They announced the sequel and the the one-off. There's going to be uh, the the essentially Star Wars the next episode, which comes up. There's the one that comes up this year. Then there'll be a a, a one-off next year, and then the sequel to this year's Star Wars will come out in 2017. So there'll be a Star Wars movie. 2015, 2016, and 2017. Nice. That's crazy. Disney, yep. man. And then, speaking of 2017, that will be the final season of Game of Thrones. Oh, they... I know. That's super sad. Yeah, I mean, announced... I know it has to end, but... I'm excited. That's coming up pretty soon. That's April, right? When it starts again? It's April. Yep. Oh, yep. man. Oh, man. Psyched. I'm psyched. And I think it's worth mentioning also... Because we I know we got some some Mariner fans out there that uh, Will Ferrell was totally uh, playing on the Mariners like I think it was the other day for one inning I think it was today yeah one inning but like he like I guess played for both teams which is not as cool but it's still cool I guess he like got some throws or something not only did he play for both teams he I think then went on to play for like two four more teams today. Oh, that was today? I heard he was going to play for other ones also, but I didn't know that was today. I thought it was all on the same day, yeah. He just flies around like that? That's crazy. Well, it's all in Arizona, because there's oh, all the teams. Oh, yeah, because spring training, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, anyways, I thought that was interesting tidbit that you had found. <laughs> also, NFL, tons of trades and, and uh, free agent. I feel agent like talking about, like, just go, like... Like blasting through our topics at the end, it's like people got through this whole thing, and then like, it's like everything that we put on the description is like. All right, so, all right I won't talk about it anymore. Yeah, well, here's the thing: I put a lot of topics on here because I wasn't sure I actually wanted to talk about the it's wealth. True, the it's true. And um, and then we got into it, and I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I, it's, I mean, it's a good topic. I think that will be popular, just like our AI conversation. AI, our people, AI people conversation. Like our di- deep conversations. They do, they do, and we. I've got a lot of compliments about that AI. Um, I know, right? I think it's our most personally complimented or talked about episode. So maybe this one will spur some change. Yeah, we need to like just have some more. We should have a section for heavy topics and light topics. <laughs> I, I I just think like a heavy topic. It should be like once every two months, and then light. It's topic. also like more natural or whatever, because I didn't. You know what I mean? It just comes up. Yeah. True, true. Is, that's that's how a whole show works, so it's better that way. Um, I don't think I have anything else. It's already we've already been on the air for about ninety minutes, so uh, yeah, I think I think we're I think we're good. We're in a good spot. We're in a good spot right now. I think I'm ready to call it. You ready to call it? I'm ready to call it. Call All right. It. You so call this it. is well I just we should do a couple things here. We should oh, do yeah. our that's our right. mentions. Um 
Again, thank you for listening to the Fresh Air Parlance show. You and can find watching us live because and, we're live right now. And watching and live. Yep. Um, you can reach out to us at Fresh and Par on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, Fresh and Parlance Show, the Fresh and Parlance Show. We also have FreshandParlance.com where you could got all of our episodes. And I think we're going to start doing a little bit more content there at some point. Uh, but uh, it's looking good where you can find links to our iTunes show. We also have a network of podcasts amongst uh, a group of uh, individuals. We have the Distractions <laughs> podcast, which is uh, could be found at Distractions.com or be a little or be a little weird, hosted by. Joe and Leonard. Leonard also has a podcast called Long Box Heroes, which is about comic books. Both of these are weekly podcast shows, can be found on iTunes. And Long Box Heroes is about comic books. He and his friend Todd talk about the week's comic books, polls list. They're running an interesting poll right now about their favorite superheroes, and they're whittling it down through voting. It's quite popular among a lot of the comic book aficionados. Check it out. There's also um, the, uh, the, oh my god, I was going to say, it's Podvocacy. Uh, which is a pop culture uh, podcast. podcast. This, and, little, this seems like more than I remember before for the... And for the Prodigal thing. Sons podcast, hosted by Joe... I'm sorry, Brian, Jared, uh, Ian, and Jared. And uh, they... have like a voice speed-up part, so this is like the small text. First off, I was speaking pretty fast. I think you should compliment <laughs> me on that. I mean, yeah. not, not that I don't like all of these other uh, associates. I like being part of a group. Yeah, they... they cool stuff. I will say, I listen to their shows every week. They call out our name. I'm going to call out their name. They're all good guys. I've been on the Pro- Prodigal Sons podcast before. Um, you could, uh, they, they're a bunch of good guys. They, they, they vary. They do talk, take on some deeper topics uh, occasionally, but, you know, it's a little bit more pop culture friendly. So you should... Uh, I, like, don't know anything about pop culture, so... So maybe you should listen. Maybe you should listen. I mean, I, it's, like, about stuff that already happened, though. I mean, you can't just learn pop culture by talking, hearing people talk about it. Uh, I think you absolutely can. I think you need to like look at the pop culture stuff. Like you need to go a first, a first-hand source or whatever. I think it's uh, an interesting way to kind of dip your toes into things, and you know, there's always fast forward, there's always pause. Well, then I could, always... like I hear them talk about it, and then I could go look it up or like watch the movie or you know whatever. Like I'm not gonna be like. Yeah, my friend told me the saying from a movie, but I never saw it. No, exactly, and I don't think they do that either. So, anyway, check them out if you want to. Um, I give it a. I personally listen to all of them because they are all my friends. Um, probably I enjoy it more than most because they are my friends. So, um, but I implore you to check it out. Thank you for listening. Um, do you have anything else you want to add, Fresher? Oh uh, no, I think I'm just signing out. If you want to uh, get your uh, gas or air conditioning or you know heat pump unit, please check out Evergreen Electrical and what was it? Oh yeah, that's another shout out. True. What was it? Evergreen Electrical and Gas. What was it called? No, it's not electrical. It's um, Evergreen Heating and Power. There you go. So if you if you, we have the Fresher and Par stamp of approval. Electrical Heating and Power, Evergreen. Also, check out the Kickstarter friend Martin McCullen. We will be linking to that on our Facebook page. Uh, please try to help him hit his goal. So this is Parlance saying, have a good night. This is Fresher saying, later taters. Thank you.